The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Cowboys Storyline with Nick Eatman. What's up? It's time for Cowboys Storyline. I'm Nick Eatman here Friday, December the 8th, and it is just about time, about 48 hours or so to go. Cowboys and Eagles squaring off at AT AT&T Stadium rematch of the last loss the Cowboys had, losing to Philly up in Philly. Had a chance to win it, didn't. Uh, we took some positives out of that, at least I did. I thought there were some some things that, that would help this team moving forward. I Maybe they've used that to, to their advantage, or maybe they're just playing teams that aren't as good. Either way, the Cowboys have won four in a row. Philly coming off a loss. Uh, big, bad loss to uh, the 49ers. Uh, Cowboys have been there. They understand how that feels, and uh, they've bounced back. We'll see if Philly does as well. We know you guys have a lot to say. The uh, best way to do it is to call 888-855-2297. You can text 817-290-3298. All right. So we're gonna we're not gonna waste a whole lot of time. Uh, I'm gonna have Chris tell me who's on the line. Chris, you, who we we have someone waiting. All right, Bob in Hawaii is up. What's up, Bob? How you doing, Nick? Good. How First are you doing? Time caller. All right. First time caller. Not first time on, on this show. Not not first time show. today. Today, I know you called talking cowboys as well. So you got something yeah. new for us? Got something different? You, you got you got more in the bag? Well, I do. All right. I have a story. I want to tell you. It's. It, it, I'm going to try to make it as short as possible. All but right. I know please. you're going to like it. Please. Yes. Okay. I had the pleasure of helping out on the sidelines for the Cowboys for away games from 92 to 96. I did about six or seven games. All right. But the game that was the championship game against the 49ers that we lost. Okay. And I, so I did Barry Switzer's headset. Okay. So I, I could hear everything going on. Oh, wow. And, and when the play with the Cowboys were, you know, down 21, nothing right away. And I tell you what, Michael Irvin, Nate Newton, I have so much respect for those two on the sideline. They would not let that team down. They just were yelling the whole time. But anyway, as you know, pass to Michael Irvin. We're finally back in the game. It looks like we're going to make this comeback. Long pass, Irvin on the three-yard line. Dion interferes him. Everybody goes nuts. Switzer goes nuts, throws his headset, which I caught, by the way. (laughs) And then, um, you know, bumps the referee. They get the penalty, and basically they lose the game. Okay, here's the rest of the story. I was in the restaurant business 30 years. I had a restaurant in Denver called Stars after the Cowboys. A A lot of my investors were Broncos and other sports guys. Uh, Mike Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the uh, 49ers. He becomes the head coach of the Broncos. One of my investors played with Dion in Atlanta. They invited him into the restaurant. This is when they were trying to recruit him. He's in, he's in my little skybox area that we had, a private room. So they're all up there. I go up there. You know, pretty dumb of me to do this, but I did it. I put a VCR tape in. It starts playing. Shanahan looks up at the screen. He goes, what's that? I said, that's when Dion interfered Michael Irvin. And Dion goes, yeah, I did, but they didn't call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, so, yep. and, we and all I knew this. Even, I mean, I, we, we, all knew, we all knew it was interference. <laughs> I mean, we don't even need Dion to admit it. So we saw it. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. No. That's anyway, nice. Though. Eagles, are, we are going to beat the Eagles. There's okay. no doubt in my mind. We're going to beat the Eagles. I love your show, Nick. Thanks, you do Bob. A great job. I'm so glad to finally get on. Appreciate it. Thank you. I was just uh, thanks for the call. Was looking at uh, different states that we've had and, and not had. I was talking with Chris about that, and uh, I, we maybe have ten to fifteen states that I, we, we don't think that have we've had a caller yet from. And Hawaii was one of them. So we ended that. Um, got about you know maybe ten or twelve more to go. Uh, I know Alaska is one of them. Uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, South Dakota, maybe. Um, that's what you know. That's what we think, at least. Um, but, anyways, uh, good stuff there. Thanks from Bob. Let's keep it going. Austin, Texas. We got Nick in Austin. What's up, man? Hey, buddy. Long time no talk to you. How, How are you, you doing? Good, man. 
was hard to get in. I called right when the other show was ending. I think Bob figured it out. I think you call the show before and just stay on the line. That's what happens. So. Yeah, exactly. That's how you get in. Yeah. All right. So I got one question for you. This is for Nick Eatman. If he was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Nice. Okay. So. Since we're having a little bit of linebacker depth and this and that, and we have such a great athlete in Sam Williams. What do you think about him as an off-the-ball linebacker? Yep. I mean, there's there's more to that position than just athletic ability. Um, I think with him, I think, you know, he's been he's been kind of a guy that just uh, go see the ball, attack it, react to it. Um, you know, it's there, there's, more, there's more understanding of the game to that, and, and that's not a position that he's played a lot of. Um, it's not just put the guy here and let him go do that. I mean, he's... He's got to he's got to learn he's got to understand more concepts of the defense and and I'm not saying he can't do that I just it, it's it's not just a well if you not rushing a passer put him here um, there, there's more to the position and we're seeing that with we saw it like with guys like Keanu Neal um, uh, Anthony Barr those players like that 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 you think well you know just put them here and, and there's more of an adjustment than you think I don't think he. I don't think he can't not do it because he's this guy's running around on special teams. He can learn some things. Yeah. He can figure it out. He's got the ability to do it. Uh, I just don't know if this is a December fix. You know, I think it's more of an off season thing. But I think he can do right. he can do some things like that. And, and they need to be creative with with what they do with Sam Williams. They're gonna have to figure this out heading into year three. He he's got to do something more than than what they're doing. I think. Exactly. That's why I had that question for you because you know it would get him more playing time. Yeah. And, uh, and you know he's got so much athletic ability. Let's... I don't know about I don't know about his football IQ. That's the thing, like you're well, talking about. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and let's be honest about it. If we're really going to be honest with this, this guy makes more penalties per snap than anybody on the team. I mean, he's 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 I think second on the team in penalties behind maybe Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith plays every snap on offense, and Sam Williams does. So, see, he's got he's got to figure out some that he's got to clean that up a little bit, um, and not be as aggressive. Be aggressive, but not as aggressive to get your penalty. That that's that fine line that that Donovan Wilson has walked it before. Sam Williams as well. That they need to they need to be a little bit more careful with the penalties. Uh, so if he's playing every snap, you know that you don't you don't want that to be a, a detriment to the defense. That's true. Right. Too. One quick question before I go. Um, next year, and I know it's a deal for next year, but if you were the coach again, what would you do? We you know because when Diggs comes back, they're going to have to make a decision. If, if it was you, how would you? Like, what would you do with Bland? Would you flip him to the left, or would you put him back in the slot? Uh, your thoughts on that? And I'll let you go. Thanks for your time. Okay. Um, you know, I with Bland. Bland and Diggs are going to be your outside corners. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I, I think. I think that we've seen enough there that that that's where Bland is going to be the best. That I, I. That's what I believe. Um, the the next few games, you know, he 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 gives up some plays. He makes some plays. I don't know if he's going to make as many plays from the slot um, position. So that you know, that's that's one that that obviously you you know you're gonna you're gonna need to see. You're gonna need three good corners, and you know I gotta I gotta freshen up a little bit on Gilmore's contract status. Um, I know they traded for him. I don't believe he's got um, you know a lot of years. He may have one more year left, or, or this might be the end of it. So uh, either way, and it might be a situation where you know even if he does have another year, it's avoidable season. So you're probably going to need another third corner. Jordan Lewis should be up for a contract as well. So um, Bland's in the mix. I mean, of course, he's going to be he's going to be on the outside. He's going to be on the inside. He's going to be on the outside until third downs and slides inside. He's one of your your top two corners next season. Um, what they do with them is just going to you know come down to what the scheme is, the defensive court. I mean, yeah, a lot of decisions need to be made. Defensive coordinator, is that still going to be the case? I mean, you know, I'm just saying, if we're going to talk about next year, there's a lot of the dominoes that are going to fall into it. Deron Bland's going to have a spot just where he plays is, is going to, you know, still be determined, of course. All right, let's go to uh, Tim and Grapevine is our next caller. Tim. Nick, I'm so excited for this game. All right, man. Oh, man. 
I'm also excited for the Dolphins game, but this game, oh, this is going to be like a heavyweight fight. So I wanted to ask you, and I'll give you mine too, but I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite play or moments or moments from the Cowboys-Eagles rivalry? Favorite play or moment? I tell you, when Emmett Emmett busted through the line there in the pouring rain back in 93 uh, to to set the Cowboys all-time you know, franchise record at the time, I would think it was like 237 in rushing. It was just a crappy game, and it was on Halloween, 93, and it was just bad. He couldn't throw the ball, but Emmett just kept running, kept running, finally just busted through the line and took it for the house. I mean, that, that's just one. I mean, I, I've got, you know, I've got, I mean, I could, I could name thousands, but I mean, that, yeah. that one, that one is one that, that I, that I just remember. I mean, I remember Emmett going right through the line. I remember being at Dion's first first home game, Cowboys and Eagles home game, and they ran a reverse. He was on he was not the punt returner. Kevin Williams was the punt returner, but he was at the corner that looped around and they reversed it to him and he he got like a 40 or 50 yard return. Texas State, I thought the roof was going to come off. I, mean, I really thought it was going to come off. And then me and my buddy left early. I don't know why, but we, we left early and we were walking out and we heard interception, touchdown, doing the Dion dance, and we both just lost it. Like, we just did we really just leave that? But what happened, Larry Brown picked it off. He was doing Dion's dance. Uh, so we did not miss Dion pick six, but still, that's what I remember about the Eagles, 93 and 95. That's awesome. Real quick, I'll give you mine. It's kind of a weird one. The Randall Williams onside kick return. Oh, yeah. I think that's still the NFL record for the fastest oh, touchdown yeah. in the game. And then another one, 2009 wild card game. We just dominated in the uh, week 17. We dominated mm-hmm. them, then we beat them in the wild card. That was awesome. Yeah. And in 2014, the all-time Des Bryant game. Mm. He owned Bradley Fletcher, if you remember yeah. that game. Yeah. Three but, touchdowns. Yeah, Killed him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that Randall Williams game, um, the reference there is that it was an onside kick to start the game. And you kind of have to go back three years before that 2000 where they started the season with an onside kick uh the eagles beat the cowboys a terrible loss hottest game i've ever been to and it was just a bad bad loss. pickle juice game that's what the eagles were drinking apparently and they started with an onside kick so then three years later cowboys eagles and they tried to do the same thing start with an onside kick david acres and they were cowboys were ready for it and it ran to williams caught it and ran it in and they only took three seconds off the clock so yes it's the fastest but I'm I'm telling you, the clock operator probably was eating a hot dog or something. It wasn't ready to hit hit the button there. You know, usually it's just a kickoff. You got a few seconds. Maybe it's a touchback. You don't have to do anything. And all of a sudden, he's like, "Oh, hit the button, start it." So, I don't think Randall Williams could run a three second forty, um, especially with pads on. But that's what they gave him. So, yeah, fastest touchdown in, in Cowboys history. So, all right, good stuff there. Um, all right, let's let's move around here. We got a text question here, Dan in Philly. I'm sure he's excited about this one. He says, "I have a feeling it's going to be ugly. Cowboys coast to a 44 to six win. Don't say 44 to six. We know what 44 to six is. It was the really it was about the worst Eagle game ever in Cowboys history, 2008. But he's got the Cowboys winning 44 to six. Dak and the Stars will be watching from the fourth quarter. Bland will have another pick six. Go Cowboys from Dan in Philly." That's that's a well. You wish, Dan. You wish you live in Philly and the Cowboys. I mean, you, you couldn't wait to go to work on Monday if that happened. You might just you might just show up at six a.m. going. You just get everybody involved. Um, I, you know, Philly got beat pretty bad, but I mean, they got this is a good football team and they got some pride too. This is going to be a. a I, I don't see that. I don't see a blowout. I don't. Some people are are, are saying that. I don't feel that way. I, I feel like it's going to be very, very close. I think this is two desperate football teams, and when you have that, you usually have a really close game. All right, let's go to our next caller. It's in Allentown, Pennsylvania, not far from Philly. Doc in Allentown. Hey, uh, good morning, Nick. Uh, good to talk to you. You too. Uh, I was going to. I want to talk about Mike McCarthy, but uh, you just mentioned that old Eagles game mm-hmm. with the, the rain with uh, uh, Emmett mm-hmm. running wild that day right and i and it, it's reminded me of a good or a negative eagle story where i was at the game in veterans stadium in the down in the 100 level so not up in the 700 with the animals <laughs> but there was there was a guy and 
uh, it was a black guy dressed up like in a cowboy stuff. Like, I forget the guy's name, like Dancing Harry or whatever his name was that always came to the Cowboys games. This was the Philadelphia version of him. He had the cowboy hat on, all the cowboy colors, and he was just cheering wildly the whole game for the, for the Cowboys, not saying anything negative to the Eagles. And four white guys beat the hell out of this guy. And then the police come running down, thank God. And who do you think they arrest? The black guy. And I went up to him because I was an assistant district attorney at the time. And I said, you got the wrong guy. These Arrest these four white guys. That's who did this attack. And they, they wanted to arrest me. <laughs> yeah. So that's just one eagle story. Not, of eagle not a good, not a good story at all. Uh, no. Hopefully, no. hopefully we've uh, progressed a little from there. So, um, what do you yeah. got from the game? No, I, I want to talk about Mike because uh, uh, Mike McCarthy, I thought, was a great hire. He was coming off of that year off where he had studied everything, and I, now I know the first year was COVID year, and he had the bad defensive coordinator. But, you know, since then, it, things have normalized, and I'm just happy for him. I, I, I'm praying for him that he gets re- quick recovery. Uh, I wasn't in 100% agreement with, uh, like, his decisions last week, but he's a breath of fresh air to, to this team. I, I think we had 10 years of Jason Garrett, you know, how we doing, guys, when we got beat 35-7. to seven. And I just couldn't take that anymore. I, yeah. I can't even watch Sunday night football pregame because it, I, I just can't see him anymore. But I love Mike McCarthy. I'm wishing him a great recovery. I think he'll be back, even if he's not back on the sidelines, up in the booth or wherever he is. Uh, I, I love the, this game against the Eagles. I, I don't know that it helps us in the end run because we have, they lost to the Jets and we lost to the Cardinals. So that's an NFC loss. So I don't know that. And they have the Giants twice still to go. Yeah. So, And we've got – and I'm also bad luck for the Cowboys because I was at the uh, Phoenix game or the Arizona game this year, and I was at the Eagles game. I took my son, who's 25 years old, and I've had him to about 18 stadiums in the country to see the Cowboys and never took him to the Eagles for kind of the stories that I just told you. Yeah. And but I finally took them, and we <laughs> and we had that incredible almost finish. So I'm, <laughs> I've got tickets to Buffalo and to Miami. Well, I'm sell them, Miami. You're bad luck. So you, yeah, <laughs> I am bad luck. So I might miss Buffalo. All right. If it's cold, I'll miss it. So all right, all right. Thanks for the call, Doc. Appreciate that. All right, let's uh, let's move. We've got a text question here from. Um, Trey, he's in Charlottesville, Virginia. He says, uh, what do you think is the one under-the-radar matchup on offense and defense is the key for Dallas to win Sunday night? Um, Let's see what the Eagles' tight end situation looks like. I mean, Dallas Goddard is supposed to come back and play. That doesn't mean he's going to be like his normal self. I mean, uh, but if he's ready to play, I mean, he he should be a difference maker. I think that's one where, you know, they have two really good receivers. But – you put a third guy in the mix or a fourth guy, uh, you know, that's where you really you really are challenged. I thought that we saw that with Seattle the other night, the Cowboys, you know, with them having three receivers that they really did affect the game. So the more weapons you throw out there, you know, so that that's one I think for sure that, you know, I would say under the radar from, you know, from them. Cowboys de- uh, defense on their offense and then, you know, just just I don't know if it's under the radar. I mean, he touches the ball every snap, but I mean, I would look at Biotis too. I mean, Biotis there at center, uh, you know, for them to do what they need to do and be balanced, he's got to play well. He's got to be the guy that, that, I mean, they got big monsters in the defensive line for the Eagles and he's got, and he's going to have his work cut out for him uh, like he does in in all games, but you know, and he plays well, but he's got to really, he's got to really hold his own there uh, in the middle. All right, let's go to, uh, Greg, he's in Sacramento, California. Greg. Hey, good morning, Nick. Morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I just I want to start off by just I want to give a shout out to this Cowboys uh, fan base. Yeah. You know, we have honestly we have one of the most knowledgeable fan bases around. Like I, you know, I, I have friends that I like a lot of different teams, and a lot of teams don't even know anything about their team. You yeah. Know, but our but our fan base, like, we're real knowledgeable. So I want to give give a shout out to them first. 
hard for all of us, I guess, first. Uh, yeah. And then I have two questions. I have an offensive question and kind of a defensive question. Okay. So my offensive question is, um, you know, I, I see a lot of teams do this where they line up, especially in the red zone, mainly red zone offense because I know that's kind of where we struggle. But they'll, they'll line up like a tight end on the end, and he'll just do a quick chip block and then, you know, cut out to the left or right. And then, and and it's like it seems like it's a quick, like pretty pretty quick and easy play. So I'm wondering why why is is why is that so hard to do, or is that something that the Cowboys can can kind of maybe add into the to the red zone or goal line offense? Is that something that's too hard to do? Um, and then my defensive question is: I, I really feel like with Philly, we match up well with our offense against their defense, and and I think we have the advantage there. So where I think we need to really kind of lock down is is our defense. So my question to you is like what. What defensive, uh, I guess, defensive group or maybe even a defensive player, in your opinion, has to have a really standout game in order for us to um, have our defense kind of put a stop to yeah. the Phillies offense and we can. All right. Those are my question. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate the call there. I'm going to start with that one first on the defensive side. I mean, you, you can go with any kind of matchup there. But the one, you know, the one thing that always kind of stands out to me when you're playing against, you know, quarterbacks like this and, and, the, and the RPOs, is is the defensive tackles right right there in the middle right right there because um, I honestly thought the Cowboys traded for Jonathan Hankins after that Eagle loss last season where they just could not get off the field and I thought it was it was very telling like you know we need this to stop the run we couldn't do it and also it, it affects Micah Parsons to the point where you know he's trying to guess he's trying to figure out I thought the Eagles have done a good job with him uh, over the the last few years you know or the, Three seasons now. He hasn't. He's not a grizzled vet, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, they they figured out a way to sort of stop him. Last couple of games, though, he's starting to be more of a difference maker. So it's just kind of this chess match a little bit between the Eagles and Dan Quinn on defense on how to get Parsons involved. But I think if, if you shore up the middle, then that'll allow him to, to freelance even more, do his thing from the outside. Sometimes he goes in, into the middle as well. But they got, and I'm not just talking about the tush push. I mean that that is what it is. Um, they've got to figure out ways to to get out of that fourth and, and one, fourth and two. But I, but I think it starts right there in the center. If you if you can stop those guys, Hankins, Osa, I mean the, the, you know right there in the middle, Golston plays in there, Mozzie. Those guys really have to to shore up the middle. That's the one for me. And then on that tight end chip and the goal line play. Um, it's just things are moving so fast there. Um, uh, you know that's usually more of a down the field type of play because you got because you want you want to kind of show max protect and then boom be able to kind of chip out. But when you're down there in the red zone, I mean the safeties aren't very far back. I mean where are they going to be? I mean they're they're there so they're not protecting against the deep ball because there is not a deep ball. So that everything's just so quick, so condensed right there. Your corners are there. There's you need a you need a quick moving play. So if you can do it quickly, that's fine. But you know then then you get your tight end out in the flat and he catches it on the five and everyone's still right there and then you know they go and make a play. So um, I see that play a little bit more inside the twenties, you know, in the middle of the field more uh, where you can have things a little bit more spaced out. So all right, but good good calls, good good uh, good questions and and uh, I love and, and you're right. This is a very knowledgeable fan base. They you guys, I mean. Very, and, and I think a lot of it is, you know, we, you know, wh- whether it be this web, this you know, website and our podcast, and be able to listen to a lot of stuff. You said teams don't have that. I mean, I know that you know, other teams aren't having seven, eight podcasts a day like like we are. And I'm not saying we're the reason for people are knowledgeable. I, I just think that you know, there's just a lot of resources when you talk about the Cowboys, whether it be on on this site, other sites. There's just a lot of competition out there on how to get Cowboys news, and so everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about the Cowboys. Everyone's engaged, and, and it makes it a lot of fun. You guys, the callers here, I mean, you guys know know what you're talking about. It makes it a lot of fun for me. So, all right, let's go to our next caller. Will be Chris in Georgia. Hey, Nick. How you doing? Happy Friday. Hey, how are you doing, Chris? Uh, all right. Not too bad. Just a couple of, just, I guess, a couple of comments and a question. Um, so, you know, normally when it's, when it's, you know, when these games come up, I have this really queasy feeling, you know, um, you know, when they played the 49ers, I didn't feel really great and I didn't really feel good, you know, too good about, you know, the last Philly game, but, I'm feeling kind of at ease, um, you know, you know, not, you know, crazy confident or anything like that, but just at ease 
especially with the way the offense is, is cooking. And I just think that Philly, when they, when they played Philly the last time, um, you know, the offense just wasn't clicking, you know, totally, even though they, they did move the ball up and down the field, but it's still at towards the end, you know, they kind of fell apart a little bit there. And, and so, you know, like I said, I just feel, you know, more confident with this game coming up and, you know, not so uneasy, um, you know, just a, a quick comment about Deron Bland and the, and, and the Seahawks game, um, Although I was worried, I knew he was going to get back. Yeah. You know, I knew, you know, because, you know, Mac Jones did the same thing. He kept trying him. I said, you're going to do the same thing. And said, you know, and Bland is going to get you, you yeah. know, and that's exactly what he did. And so, so along the same lines with, with the Seahawks game, any suggestions that you might have, not that the coaches were listening, but, you know, I understand they were trying to get to, you know, trying to get to Geno, and he was getting the ball out really quickly. But the pre-snap penalties, man, um, they seem to just, you know, they yeah. shoot themselves in the foot so very often. And, you know, especially with a really good team, you know, and these teams that are coming up, it almost cost them, you know, with the Seahawks, you know. Yeah. So just imagine with the rest of these teams here, you know, you, you know, there's certain teams you just can't do that to. And I, I just think, you know, what is it that you can do, you know, coaching-wise in order to get these guys to, you know, hold their water? I, you know, I mean, you you could make it a, a – thanks for the call, Chris. Appreciate that. Good Good questions. I mean, with what you can do – I mean, there's not a lot. I mean, you're not suspending people. You're not, you know, finding them. I mean, they're, it's they've created this. I mean, they they have created this because it's a competition to get sacks. We've seen it. I mean, Micah Parsons is they can win a big game, but if if he doesn't get any sacks, he's not in the best mood. I mean, he he's in a great mood if he gets two sacks, three sacks, whatever. I mean, he he's it's all and that's everybody, everyone across the board. They all want that's how they're judged. You look at the Pro Bowl voting. Look at Pro Bowl voting and look at defensive ends. And it says right there, it just says the player's name, sacks. Two sacks, one sacks. I mean, there's Demarcus Lawrence right next to some of these other defensive ends. And he, you know, he's sitting there, I don't know, three or four sacks. You know, and, and it's hard because that's that's what people say. If you're a defensive end, how many sacks do you have? Cornerbacks, how many picks? And so there's more to it than that, you know, and, and but but yet that's what's created. It's get off the ball and get the quarterback. And uh and sometimes, and a lot of times lately, they're getting offside penalties, and it's really becoming a problem. And um, you know, I, you you can you can say, well, you're not going to play as much, but what if it's Micah? You know, Demarcus Ware did this a lot too. I mean, let's be honest. Demarcus Ware got a fall, uh, you know he got a, uh, offsides a lot. Fozell Adams about one false start a game, but he was also blocking the left side of your line, and he was really good. He made the Pro Bowl five years in a row. So would you take that? You taking five yards a game, ten? I mean, you know, Lane Johnson sh should get a lot more penalties on a false start than he does. I think he did get one last week, but you take that. So it, it's a it's a tough balance. I, I, and if it happens at the at the worst time, then yes, this is a very undisciplined team. Everyone says all that stuff, but you know, th there's a reason for it, and the reason is because they're all just competing against each other to go get the quarterback. And no one complains when they get seven sacks in a game, and he has two, and he has one, and he has one and a half, and all that's great. But the reason for it, I mean, they they're also it's a fine line, and it's 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 really tough. And I'm not I'm not excusing them for it. You know, especially the stay on side, especially when your hand is is over the ball or your head is over the ball. I mean, I get I get the you know hard count, but not just lining up offsides. On that one, I don't understand. All right, uh, let's go to Brian in Kansas City before we go to break. Brian, hey Nick, how are you, sir? I am great. What's going on with you, man? I'm I'm just digging this fifty this TV with the with the app. I'm just digging this thing, man. I'm watching everything you guys put out. That's a great. That's great. <laughs> You got a smart TV, just real quick. Brian got a smart TV yesterday, uh, and when he did, the, the he loaded up the app. The Cowboys app is on there. You can get everything on the Cowboys app, all the shows, all the podcasts, all the videos, all of it. So, Yes, sir. And if you're out of market, you can watch the pregame and the postgame you pointed out to me yesterday, which I didn't know. Yep, yep. Yeah. Love it. Yes, sir. So, you know, I something I wanted to – I. So I think the narrative has changed maybe just a little bit on our draft class because, you know, early in the year we had kind of said 
draft class is kind of a no-show. Mm-hmm. You know, overshown, obviously lost in the preseason. Right. And, you know, Mozzie Smith came on a little bit a couple weeks ago. And I don't, you know, defensive tackles, from a fan's point of view, watching TV copy, that's kind of hard to judge. Right. They don't get statistics, real, you know, unless you're on one of those sites that gives you ratings or whatever. But I saw an article the other day that said Schoonmaker um, has been on the field quite a bit more, mm-hmm. and he's blocking his butt off. Mm-hmm. And he's doing he's been graded out really well in both uh, uh, pass blocking and run blocking. And then, of course, Jalen Brooks had, had a game, I don't know how you know how many games ago that was. I, yeah. You're, but, you know, it was two games ago, right? Right. Two, Giants, two, three Giants game, something, yeah. Yeah. So I and, and I think Awesome Richards has played twice. Am I right about that? Yeah. So I just wondered, you know, you know, coming up on this big game and, and you know, it seems like we're getting on some a little bit more contribution. It's not a they're not a no show anymore. And I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah. And uh go Cowboys. Let's get it done on Sunday, huh? All right. Sounds great. Thank you, Brian, for the call. Um, and I'll answer that before we go to break here. I, you know, yes, a the, the little bit more contribution here, but also, you know, you can knock on wood on this, but l- look at the guys that are out there and go, all right, well, you know, Awesome Richards, he's not playing much at all. Well, that's good, right? I mean, Tyron's starting and, and Terrence Steele's starting and the, your tackles are playing. You're not, you know, having a lot of offensive line injuries at this point. So that's that's good, you know. You you know, same with Fajoko. He can't. He's on injured reserve now. He couldn't get on the field. I mean, there's so many guys ahead of him. Uh, Schoonmaker, you know, he's he's starting to play some. He's starting to catch the ball a little bit more. Mozzie, first round pick. I mean, you you would have you would have liked him to play a little bit more. But let's also remember, Hankins is playing well. Osa's is playing out of his mind. Osa has a chance to probably get some Pro Bowl recognition. He's playing that well. Um, so it's just hard for these guys to, to get on the field, and and that's it's not really a knock on them. And also this this Cowboys draft, you know, the, the scouts, the front office, they draft well. This, they are they have a really really good pedigree when it comes to drafting, uh, especially the last ten years or so. So I think it's a product of the roster has been really good. This is a really good football team. It's going to have you know double digit wins now. It does have double digit wins basically three years in a row. Nine and three right now. I got to get one more, but but you know that that's a good football team. Hard hard to crack that roster. All right, let's go to break real quick on Cowboy Storyline. I'll be right back. We got some more calls. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable, and now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run eighty miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT and T five G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back, back to Cowboys Storyline. All right, back here on Cowboys Storyline. That's what I love. 
about the producer here, Chris Beam. He always provides some some great stuff that he sees on, uh, you know, on uh, social media. And, and this one, Dak Prescott. If you haven't seen the Twitter post, just go uh, just go check it out. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. It's uh, it, it's going to be the number one. Uh, it's going to be the number one post of, of the day. But even though it's really more about number two, but it's definitely going to be number one for sure there uh, with Dak. Check it out. And, and, and if you're all you know on Twitter and already, might as well just hit a like on the Cowboy storyline, or uh, you know, um, maybe maybe follow us a little bit. We, we need a little bit more followers too. But check out Dak on uh, on Twitter. Uh, pretty. Pretty interesting stuff. Good stuff there. All right, let's go to the calls. Chris in Fresno. Chris, what's up? Hey, good morning, Nick. I just want to say, first and foremost, man, it's a pleasure to be on. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Big work. Here we go. <laughs> there we go. I, I had to do it. I, it's funny, man. When I'm at work or I'm at out and about randomly, I just I just yell that out, and people look at me so weird and funny. But <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say, man. Uh, I'm. I'm rooting for us Sunday. It's my birthday. I had to call in. I listen to you guys every day. So I was like, man, I got to get in. I called like 40-something times. So um, representing Fresno, California, shout out to Ron Bland. I went to Hoover High School right down the street from Fresno State. Nice. Um, and I just wanted to say I, uh, some of my favorite uh, Cowboys, um, you know, I model my game after Des Bryant, 88. I love them, man. Ups and downs, we, uh, stuck with them. Um, another couple guys, uh, obviously – you know, DeMarcus Ware and all those guys, but I was a big fan of Marion Barber, uh, Barber, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just a couple random players, uh, Vertine uh, Grammatica, the kicker, um, Leroy Glover, uh, Aaron Glenn. And then last last favorite player, Roy Williams. Nice. Yes, sir. So uh, just want to say thank you, Nick, for having me on. I'm going to be listening. Let's get this dub Sunday. Uh, thank you for everything you guys do, man. All right, appreciate that. Thanks for the thanks for the call, Chris and Fresno out there with uh, a lot of new, uh, I mean, a lot of Duran Bland fans out there. Not just in Fresno; he's everywhere. He keeps getting pick sixes like that. He he can be he can be a fan favorite all over the place. Um, good blast from the past there. You can tell you can tell when, when you know uh, Chris has been a fan uh, here right here in the in the mid two thousands to you know with Glover and Roy Williams and Terry Glenn and. Grammatica, yeah, a lot of stories on on some of these guys. Uh, obviously, rest in peace on two of them with uh, Barber and, uh, and Terry Glenn. But uh, good stuff. All right, let's um, let's move on to. You know, I did have a text question I was going to get to. Phone lines seem to be open. We got, or well, at least one phone phone line is open. Um, let's go to this question here from Carl. He's in Nashville. He said the head ref of this game will be John Hussey. Would love to get your thoughts. As the Eagles are seven and zero when he refs their game. Uh, don't care. Don't, I mean, I don't care about that. Honestly, I was asked that on a radio show this morning, 105.3 The Fan. And here's why I don't care about that. If the Eagles were eight and eight, then I would care about a ref being seven and oh, you know, with, with their games or something like that. But I mean, they're 10 and two. I mean, they're good. They're, they're good. They're winning when, when the sun is out, they're winning at night, they're winning on grass, they're winning, you know, when, Whenever I mean, like, like you know, I mean, this is this is a good football team. So I I don't have a I don't put a lot of stock in that just for for this right now. I mean, they, they have been a really good football team, and so they they probably win uh, a lot. Now, you know, it, it, there are some trends. You know, you look at with refs. I'm not dis- dismissing that at all. I know that 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 Brian Broadus does that. He'll come in on, on the break here in a little bit. And, and he'll probably and he's already talked about that. I think he might have pointed that stat out. I and that's fine because the, I've had plenty of times where he has said on Friday before when we did this show, "Hey, watch this." They call a ton of false starts, and then there's six called in the game, and one you know changes the game. So you have to 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 look at what the refs are calling, what their tendencies are as well. You know they they have stats. They have you know you can break them down with with uh, you know analytics as well. Um, but that particular one about the Eagles. That one doesn't bother me as much just because the Eagles are winning games with anybody, you know, really. Um, but I, I think there are certain things that you got to watch for uh, with the refs in the, this game. All right, we're going to go to Shelby in Virginia. And I'm really, really glad that you're calling. Shelby, Virginia. Hey, yeah, how's it going, Nick? It's going great. It's going great. Uh, yesterday yesterday you, you posed the question, right? Uh, 49ers 
Eagles, which one you would rather win? Wasn't that you that said that? It was, yeah. I can't believe the traction that got. It uh, did, but also, I, I didn't ask oh, yeah, you. Sorry. That's my problem. That was one thing that I regretted. I didn't ask you. I should have just turned it right back around and say, all right. I mean, you are obviously asking for a reason. What, what's your answer? So I'm going to ask you now. Which one would you have picked? I think I dropped off with the hang up and listen on you, so that's not on you. But I'll, uh, I, my answer is the 49ers okay. um, for, for a couple reasons. Uh, we're worried about them catching up with us in Super Bowls, and despite how Eagles fans act, they're not catching up anytime soon. Uh, there's also uh, Kittle's undershirt oh, yeah. from earlier this year. That stuck with me. Yeah, um, and then and then the wild card loss, divisional loss, and then if we do match up with them in the NFC Championship, it would just end us to lose three consecutive, and uh, be the reason they went on to the Super Bowl. So those are my that, that's my criteria. Yeah, I mean you're you're not wrong. This is this is good e- either way. In, in fact, if if anyone's just didn't listen to yesterday. Basically, Shelby started off the show and asked the question: If you could, if you knew you were going to win the NFC Championship game and had to do it on the road, would you prefer to do it in Philly or San Francisco? And and there's a lot of mixed, you know, mixed answers there for different reasons. I kind of lean toward Philly, but then I also see all your points on 49ers. Again, I I don't care. I've never been to an NFC Championship game. I just want to go. I just want to see them win. I really don't care if 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 the game was somehow played in Detroit or in North Dakota. It doesn't really matter. It really doesn't. Right. I saw some people on your Twitter question saying Detroit, and I was like, yeah, I think they, I think they're going for the easy route, not the uh, the narrative route. Because that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to get at. With, uh, yeah. The question. But I have one more question for you. If you got a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to stump you. Right now, we're slated to go to Atlanta in the wild card. Uh, what was the last time we played Atlanta in the playoffs? And bonus points if you get the score. Oh, um, Atlanta in the playoffs. I mean, the only one I could think of was is is eighty in the divisional round. But there may. Be, I'm gonna say I'm, it was at the eighty season. It was. It was the 80 season. We played them one more time in the playoffs. If you probably were going to guess that too. Yeah, probably in the 70s or something like that. But uh, I, I would say the 80, the 80 divisional round, and that was the game that they they were down big, and um, they came back and, and beat the Falcons with two touchdowns to Drew Pearson. I, I would say 30 to 27, but something like that. That is exactly right. You're a legend. Good stuff. Uh, nice. Got nothing else for you. Hey, I got one for you. Okay. What's the only NFC team? There's two. Two NFC teams the Cowboys have never have never played on Thanksgiving. NFC. One of them's pretty easy if you think about it. They've never played them on Thanksgiving. You got it? Oh, fascinating. Oh man, that's gonna take me a bit. Uh let's see. I don't have we played Green see here's the problem. I'm twenty four. Yeah, so yeah. My my so, yeah. really does not Yeah, you're you're, you're you're cooked. But but I'll say yeah. this. You've mentioned both teams in this call, so uh I'll just say it because it's not good to have, you know, just dead air on the. But obviously, Detroit is one. The Cowboys have never played Detroit. Detroit plays their own game. So they have not played Detroit. And the other one is Atlanta. Atlanta. All right. Atlanta. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for the call, Shelby. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. You too. All right. Let's keep moving here. Uh, We got a nice tour walking through here. Uh, As always, you get tours every day, but definitely on Fridays, get a lot of lot of people walking through here. Uh, Good stuff. Um, Let's go, Frank in Ohio. Our next caller, Frank. Hey, Nick. It's Frank. How you doing, caller? Here we go. First caller. Yeah. All right, go for it. I don't want to be like your nemesis, Rob. There. Nope. Love Rob. <laughs> I know. Me too. Yeah. But uh, I just want to wish you guys a merry Christmas. Um, you know, help you guys. Hopefully, the Cowboys can win out and do something in the playoffs. And then also, uh, I uh, discovered you guys when I was in Afghanistan wow. back in 2000, the summer of 2007. Wow. Uh, I had a fiance that just left me. I was kind of feeling down, and I went to the little computers, and I was like, "Well, I'll check up. At least I like the Cowboys. I love, I love the Cowboys. So I'll check up on them. See how they're doing." Started listening to the podcast, been hooked ever since. Great, you guys are like celebrities. Hey, we'll never leave you, Frank. Ever? Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. Yep. I, so, no. But 
But I, but uh, but I, let me say this though, not not to make jokes of anything, but let me just say this: uh, we I appreciate what you do, uh, and and being in in Afghanistan, and and obviously you know the the stuff that that you do is is way more important than anything here. Just talking talking football, so certainly a, a salute to you as well. Yeah, thank you so much, and uh, just want to say you know I don't know about wrestlers, but Undertaker was always my guy, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Okay. Boys and uh, love the show. I was iffy about it at first, like some of the guys, because it was off to a rocky start. But I thought it's been it's been really great. And yeah, guys do a great job. Thanks. Appreciate that. You know, it's funny you say that about the Undertaker. So I recently I just went to a game, uh, Oklahoma State Texas for the Big Twelve Championship game, and uh, I was going with with a friend of mine. You know, I don't don't really care either way. Um, you know, but, but wanted to see Texas win, you know, a lot of people around here that, you know, were excited about it. So I was kind of pulling for them, but, but, you know, went to the game and, and I was there to have fun and, and the undertaker was, was like one of the, one of the celebrity, you know, coin flippers. I guess there's a big 12 and, and WWE Alliance there. They have a belt for the championship and all that. There was a few stars there, but the undertaker and then at halftime Nelly played and I'm sitting here thinking like. You know, there, there was a time when the Undertaker was the one that was the you know the lead guy at, the, at WrestleMania, and I'm sure Nelly sold out many concerts. And now they're kind of just the sideshow to this college football game. So, uh, still, still pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fun to see that. All right, moving on here, we got Ed in New Jersey is our next caller. Ed, hey, hey, Nick. hey, I got a story. I think um, you'll appreciate because you have a great memory of uh, Dallas games. Mm-hmm. You remember back in like 2005, by like four or five, they had like one of the worst defeats against Detroit at home. In 05? Somewhere around there, yeah. Well, what happened? I think Detroit beat them. They laid like 17 points on him in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. I think it was 06. Oh six, okay, yeah. Is that, that Romo? Romo was the quarterback, right? Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. They weren't good. I mean, the, the Detroit was bad, like two and fourteen or yeah. something like that. And Roy Williams, that probably was, that probably was a double whammy because that probably is one of the reasons Jerry was like, "We got to get this guy." Uh, but yeah, Roy Williams. Um, yep, I do remember that game, two thousand six, late in the season. They lost. Yeah, 31. Yeah, I mean, I was in a really bad mood after the game, and uh, guy I worked with was at a trade show. I knew he was down in Dallas and sent him there, and, and I didn't go. Uh, I was thinking about going to the game. I remember when the game was over, I turned to my brother and said, boy, am I glad I didn't go to Dallas because I, I would have gone to the game. I would have really been aggravated. And the guy that went there always kind of gives me the business about he's from Pennsylvania about the Cowboys, and about two hours later, I get a call. I see it on the phone. It's like, if this is Steve, I'm telling you he's fired. And I pick up the phone, and the guy on the other end of the phone says, hey, this is DeMarcus Ware. Uh, <laughs> I met a guy, Steve, here, and he says I should give you a call. And wow. I said, All right, whoever you are, tell Steve it's not funny, and he's fired. And I hung up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ten seconds later, I get a text message. My friend Steve with DeMarcus Ware, a photo of it. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and yeah. then 10 seconds later, they get a call back. It's DeMarcus where He says, okay, Steve's fired. Uh, but he says, you still want to talk Cowboys. Nice. And <laughs> so you hung <laughs> he up. met him in a restaurant. So you hung up on DeMarcus Ware? Is that, that, that's the story? That, that's the story. I okay. hung up on DeMarcus Ware, and he called me back. And he called you back. Yeah, he called <laughs> me back after I hung up. Wow. Nice. Uh yeah, he was such a great guy. Uh, yeah. We had we made uh, uh, figurines of players. Uh, that's what we were doing our business. And so Steve had met him at a restaurant and kind of showed him like the figures that we did of him. And he was like so happy with it and that uh, he wanted to talk to me about it. And it was like, wow. It was just, <laughs> to me it was unbelievable that I hung up on the guy. Yeah. And he just kind of laughed about it and called me back. That's cool. That's a good story. Yeah. Um, yeah great guy. All right, appreciate the call, Ed. Good stuff. Let's move real quick here. We got one more caller. We got to go. Jeff in Georgia is our last caller of the day. Jeff, Nick, I, I just want—I I love the show. First-time caller. And I, I, there we go. 
I want I wanted to call in and take a little trip down Cowboys memory lane with you and see if you remember. Okay. Do you rem- do you remember the Dallas Cowboy Weekly newspaper? Yes. Yes. I I was a subscriber to that um, back in the early eighties, mm-hmm. and uh, that that back in the day was like the the Dallas Cowboy website before there was ever a Cowboy website. Yeah. Uh, each week, each week you got a newspaper in the mail, and it went over the the previous game of uh, you know whoever the Cowboys played, and it was it was just full of information and I just wondered if you ever remembered that newspaper because it, it was the greatest thing in the world for a kid living in Georgia yeah. to get that each week and I think during the off season you got it once a month yeah oh we got it I was in Oklahoma I got it and I, I would probably have it cut up and and put in a scrapbook before my dad would be able to read it yeah I would cut out the pictures and stuff like that a hundred percent uh, I would I would have it, and to this day, I've, told, I've said this story the other day. To this day, when I can close my eyes and think about naming all of the teams in the NFL, it's because of that back page of it when they had all the teams and the scores and their you know score you know uh, their results at each week. So I, I mean, I had the divisions lined up in my head just based off of that that newspaper. But yeah, that I I loved that, and I actually wrote for it when I first started working here. I actually would write some some articles for it. You know, when it was still when it was still going. Really? Uh, when did it end? Oh man, you got me on that. I would say, I I want to say 2007 or eight. I, I think there. I think when Wade Phillips was the head coach, I think we did have one. And then I think 2008 is when it went to a magazine. Went to the magazine, the Star Magazine, in 2008. So that's that's when it kind of shifted over from magazine. I mean, from uh, newspaper to magazine. So yeah. I- but I, I hear fans calling in all the time saying they were cowboy fans first in the sixties or you know since the seventies. Uh, do you remember there was a, a center, it was always a cheerleader spread? Nope, don't remember that. Nope, nope, don't remember that at all. <laughs> nope, nope, don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> nope. you, you have to, you have to know what nope. I'm talking about. Football. There was always a, <laughs> Well, I just wanted to say I've been a Cowboy uh, fan for so long. I had a bikini picture of Kelly Feingold. Oh, wow. You got, okay. All right, man. Well, this is a good way to end it. All right. Good call. Appreciate the call. Jeff in Georgia, good stuff as always. we got to get moving. Cowboys break is coming up next. Thank you to everyone who's called for this week and obviously today. Uh, for Chris Beam, I am Nick Eatman. We will see you, t- um, we'll see you Monday after the Cowboys-Eagles game. Hope it's a win. We'll see what happens. See you. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!